Lunch with Pippa Hudson. And now, Consumer Talk featuring Wendy Nola. Wendy is with us in studio. As I mentioned, we're going to be taking a look at uh, disabled parking bays and who is actually allowed to use them. I'm hoping to hear from some of you about the impact that the misuse of those bays has on your ability to lead a full and independent life. And uh, if you would like to share your experiences, please remember you can call in or leave a voice note. You're also welcome to tweet us or send an SMS. A little bit later on in the show, the good news story out of home affairs. I'm really looking forward to sharing with you. We get so much of the other kind. It's an absolute pleasure to be able to share this particular story with you today but more on that later Wendy there is nothing more infuriating than seeing a perfectly able-bodied person taking up a dedicated disabled parking bay at the entrance to a shop and usually if they are challenged on it they'll say something like oh I'm just popping in for five minutes and I'll be gone before anyone needs the bay that's if you get a reply not a middle finger and a few choice rude words which is I think the more common response but it's actually not this particular issue that is Mm. our key focus today of the arrogance and the selfishness of that behavior. Rather, we want to interrogate who is actually entitled to use those bays because there's actually a bit of confusion around that, isn't there? There is indeed, Pippa, and I wasn't aware, I must be honest, of just how much confusion there is until um, last week. So the bigger question is, um, are you entitled to park in a so-called disabled bay if you have any kind of disability, either Uh, permanent or temporary Um, I think a lot of people would say yes to that Um, but uh, apparently not according to Ari Serlis who's the former CEO of the Quad Para Association of South Africa and currently a member of the Presidential Working Group on Disability Um, now Ari who was injured in a diving accident 37 years ago which transformed him as he puts it from an able-bodied active person in an accepting society to a wheelchair user with quadriplegia in an inaccessible environment and a ruthless and ignorant society and I think many um, people will relate to that many people whose lives have similarly been changed but he posted on Facebook a piece uh, to coincide with Human Rights Day last week um, which essentially says that those bays are not a nice to have for the elderly and the frail with walking sticks, limps or short of breath. And they're also not for people with pacemakers, dread diseases or, or post heart transplants. The wheelchair parking facilities, as the as the disabled um, uh, logo indicates, would, would yes. indicate, are for wheelchair users only. Now, this is, I think, a comment that will come as a big surprise to a lot of people. And Wendy, actually, just this past week, I saw a a string on Facebook where somebody very roughly chastised somebody who'd made a comment about seeing a person get out of a car in a disabled bay and walk away saying how dare they park in a disabled bay and the the sort of the kickback was don't be so quick to judge not all disabilities are visible that person might have had an invisible disability that qualified them to park there keep your ableist attitude to yourself (laughs) Uh, so so therein really lies the heart of the conversation today I'm going to be really interested to hear Ari's response on this Ari Solis is is with us on the line to give us some important context on the design and purpose of these bays and to address some of the confusion um, that go with, goes with them. Uh, Ari, again, is the former CEO of the Quad Para Association of South Africa and a wheelchair user himself. Ari, welcome. It's great to have you with us today. Thanks, Pippa, and hello, Wendy. Hi, Ari. Let's start with the basic legal stuff here. Ari, what particular regulations or laws actually guide the use of these bays? 
Okay, I think that's a very good starting point. But also your initial introduction to this to this conversation this afternoon where you said allowing people to live a functional and independent life. Mm-hmm. Because I'm going to refer back to your statement which coined it all. Okay, so there's the Road Traffic Act which states clearly that no person other than a disabled person, the driver of a motor vehicle carrying a disabled person, which motor vehicle is issued with a sticker or paying disabled person shall park on a park. We just, sorry, we're just struggling with the line there and it's breaking up on quite important words. Ari, my apologies. I'm putting you back to my producer. Can we please either get a different phone line or get Ari to walk around uh, to an, a patch of clearer signal because it is so important that we're able to hear this first, but uh, clearly enough to have a good understanding of what the law states. In the meantime, just a reminder that if you are yourself a wheelchair user who is impacted uh, by other people's abuse of these spaces and you'd like to tell us what what the consequences are for your ability to live a functional and independent life. We would really welcome your input today. Either call us on 021-446-0567 or leave a voice note on 072-567-1567. We are going to talk about the psychology of the selfish, arrogant, able-bodied person abusing those spaces a little bit later on as well. Ari, apologies for that. Could yes. we just, I uh, can I ask you to start again. You were, you were saying which yes. particular law um, um, applies here. Okay, I won't read the law verbatim, but basically it says that the motor vehicle with the accredited disc on it uh, can convey a person with a disability uh, uh, or the driver can be a person with a disability to park. But the problem lies there in that municipalities have got different criteria for accrediting people with the wheelchair parking list. It's quite clear, especially amongst wheelchair users, that if you use a wheelchair, you get an accredited disc. And let me go back to the other piece of legislation, which is the um, SANS 104-100, part S of the National Building Regulations, which states that a wheelchair parking bay must be three and a half meters wide instead of the normal bay, which is two and a half meters wide. And the purpose of that is for people to exit and enter a vehicle from either side. And, and that is demarcated as a wheelchair parking. So it's quite clear. The initial the motivation, lobby and advocacy was done by wheelchair users for wheelchair users. And now over the decades, people with disabilities have thought, oh, well, that's one of the privileges. Uh, with whatever disability you've got, oh, one of the advantages I can use a wheelchair parking. No, it's not. It's not good behavior. It's not against the law, unfortunately, but it's not appropriate behaviour. Leave those bays for wheelchair users. So not against the law, but 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 as a wheelchair user yourself, you feel very strongly that it should be reserved only for a wheelchair user. Uh, Ari, on that note, we've got a voice note that has come through from um, one of our listeners who wants to ask a question about whether they would be deemed an appropriate user of such a bay. Maybe you'd like to listen to that. Okay. Hello, Pippa. I am the mum of a disabled daughter in a wheelchair. I'm very glad that you're bringing up the subject of parking in disabled bays when you're able-bodied. If I have time and a lipstick, I ask them if they've got a disabled brain. If I see that they're able-bodied and just climb out, it drives me moggy. And um, what I do is I park in the disabled bay because at least there's space for me to get her out, put her in her wheelchair, I get her out the way. Then I go and find parking for 
myself because I am perfectly able-bodied. But there are a number of able-bodied people that just put that disabled sticker in their car and use it. it. It's just so unfair to those poor people who are disabled and struggle daily to do the stuff that able-bodied people can do. So that's just what I would like to say is that if there could be some kind of prosecution, which there doesn't seem to be because the parking uh, malls and things, they have a security guard who can do absolutely nothing. He just shrugs because he cannot do anything. And he gets sworn at, I've been told, by the able-bodied people who park in disabled bays. Very, very, very selfish, disgusting behavior. Okay. That's my two cents worth. Thank you for that. Okay. Sorry. Bye-bye. Yeah, no, sorry, not the, not the voice, not a thought we were going to pay, are you? Uh, which, yeah. uh, but maybe let me just share an email which adds to the conversation as well. I'm sure everybody can, can hear the frustration in that mother's voice and would share the irritation with an able-bodied person using a bay like that and, and agree, I think everybody would agree that that's completely out of line. The, the, the more nuanced question is the one raised by our listener, Athien, uh, on an email earlier. Um, Athien says, I've got a visual disability. I've been declared legally blind, so so my wife has taken over the responsibility of driving for me. I don't use any kind of assistive devices like a cane, etc. Would my, uh, because my disability is not the kind needing a wheelchair, should I be allowed to use the disabled parking bay or should his wife be allowed to park there? What's your view on that, Ari? Absolutely not. There are thousands of bays surrounding that wheelchair parking, which will be sufficient for them. Uh, to go shopping or wherever they go. So the answer is no. But back to the, the, the voice note. Very yeah. interesting dilemma. And yes, you can see the frustration in her voice and her anger. She has an absolute right while she's conveying her daughter and while she's doing whatever she's doing with her daughter to park in a wheelchair demarcated bay, use the width of the bay, do whatever they need to do. She doesn't have to move her vehicle and come back and depart. She's absolutely appropriate to use a wheelchair park. I was thinking that too, Ari, because she she's trying to do the absolutely right thing and thinking, well, I'm going to now move this vehicle, but then she's got to load her daughter from the wheelchair back into the car and at the end of that, their shopping yeah. trip. So she should uh, make sense that she's yes. entitled uh, to stay in that bay and yeah. and use the width, which is what it's designed for. Absolutely. Now let me mention the second part of that. Is that I actually think. She, she really should uh, definitely not move her vehicle because she's leaving her daughter vulnerable while she's moving the vehicle, you know, vulnerable to many things, um, wherever she may be. So she must park without any conscience. Ari, you've, you've said something very important there about the vulnerability of the wheelchair user. Could you perhaps elaborate on that for those who don't necessarily understand why it is so important that a wheelchair user in particular um, have access to that parking space close to a shop entrance, for example? It's not. A lot of people look at that and go, well, somebody on crutches who's battling to walk should be allowed to park close to the entrance. What is it specifically about wheelchair use that makes that so important? Well, that's that's also well, well said and well well asked of me. Uh, so um, if a person is battling to walk or walk far distances and they stop at a shopping center, whatever it may be, um, can they walk? I mean, when are they going to go down? When are they going to, you know, how far is it before they collapse if that was their argument? It's the space. It's all about the space. Now, many wheelchair users feel, why don't you move our parking a little bit further away from the entrance, which will be less abuse, especially from able-bodied persons. 
But then, of course, comes a dilemma when you navigate yourself through a parking, you're at a much lower height. You are vulnerable to traffic, so you probably won't be seen, and there would be an incident of being knocked down um, by another vehicle, most probably. So, you know, th- that at least uh, mitigates um, the reason why we think we should have the base and why they are specified now within them a minimum of 50 meters uh, from the entrance of a parking. And in fact, that's the reason why they're abused. They're not abused because they're white. <laughs> they're only abused is because they're where they are. And all of a sudden, anyone with, with a slight disability or any disability feels, well, it's a privilege. It's not a privilege. It really is, if you don't use a wheelchair, you are abusing the parking. And, and you know it, and the sign there, does not have a hundred assistive devices painted on the painted on the side. It is a picture of the wheelchair. I mean, it's black. Let that white. guide you mm. if you're confused. Yeah. Ari, I'd like to bring in a voice note that we've received from Erica Detoy, who is, uh, I believe, is called in on behalf of the Western Cape Association for Persons with Disabilities. Let's take a listen to that comment. Hi, good afternoon, Papa. My name is Erica Detoy. I'm with the Western Cape Association for Persons with Disabilities. We also get queries around this issue about abuse of parking bays. I agree 100% with Ari that it must be for people that have a mobility impairment. Where I differ, though, is that in our opinion, it is not only for wheelchair users, but it is for people with a severe mobility impairment who require the use of a substantial assistive device, which does include wheelchairs, but it includes walking frames, rollators, walkers, those kinds of things. Um, But yes, there's definitely a huge amount of abuse, um, and it's not for those people who don't require any kind of assistive device. Thanks. Thank you very much, Erica, for that response. Um, uh, Ari, uh, would you like to respond to what Erica's just said? Yes, absolutely. First of all, I didn't say, she said she agreed with me saying for people with mobility impairments. It's not. I say wheelchairs only, but you know there is this great area. And Erica is very mature to have brought it up. Um, she belongs to an organization that is driving the national uh, wheelchair parking um, policy. Now, there mm-hmm. isn't a national wheelchair parking policy. We've been trying to get it uh, implemented for more than 10 years, and, and this is where the problem lies. So as legally, yes, you can't get a fine if you get out of vehicle using a walker or a Zimmer frame. And so I'm giving you my personal view of why they were designed at that and why we wheelchair users insist that it's for our use only. You are poking the bear of wheelchair <laughs> users by using the parking and you're just making bad friends. And it puts us in a very awkward situation because there's always a defensive argument. But uh, yes, um, we would concede uh, to Zimmer frames and, um, and walkers, um, but that's not very common. Okay, we've got a couple of callers who phoned in who would like to comment. So let me just uh, bring one or two of them to air before we go to news and then we'll continue the conversation after the 2.30 news headlines. Leslie in Constantia, welcome. Good afternoon hi. to you. Yeah, hi, Papa. Okay, hello. Yeah, please go for it. Go for it. <laughs> okay, I'm, I, I'm probably one of the grey areas as, as uh, what your, what's your name? Ari. Ari, Ari. yes. I'm a grey area. I went blind in my right eye four years ago. Totally blind in my right eye. I won't go f- uh, down all the medical reasons, but anyway, that, that, that's what happened. 
I went to the traffic department to try and get a disabled sticker for my blind eye. Uh, sorry, I must just clarify a few things. When you're blind in one eye, you lose depth perception, you lose 3D vision, you lose a lot. In fact, I'm still driving. I've renewed my driving license, but driving for me is the easiest thing I do. I can see the cars, I can see the robots and the pedestrians, but walking is the most difficult thing for me. Just walking, because I can't see ups and downs and steps and dips, and I've had several falls because of that, because of my depth perception is gone. Right, I tried to get this disabled sticker at the traffic department, spent more than an hour there. The final answer after making many phone calls was, sorry, one blind eye does not qualify for a disabled sticker. You need to have two blind eyes. <laughs> yeah, that's what I oh, you, did. I laughed too. You can't make enough, can you? Leslie, so in other words, uh, the person who would take over the driving for you, because obviously uh, you would then no longer be able to drive yourself, um, uh, would, would be the person putting in the application. We are going to carry on the conversation after the Half Past Two news headlines. So, Ari, please stay with us. We're going to bring in um, a disability activist and clinical psychologist Nikki Abdenor after 2.30 as well and Neville in Lakeside please stay with us I see your call we will come back to you after the 2.30 news headline you with Cape Talk this is Pippa Hudson on lunch. We are back with Wendy Nola and looking at the issue of uh, wheelchair parking bays or are they disabled parking bays? Uh, quite a few people taking issue with the comments that our guest Ari Solis has made that those bays are meant to be designated for wheelchair users only or somebody who is using the kind of assistive device uh, like a, a wheelchair or a large walking frame, for example, that needs the extra space to get out of the car and back into the car safely. And Ari's point is that, that they were designed specifically with that end in mind, with the extra width on them to facilitate that process. They were never intended to be for general disabled use. Uh, One person taking uh, issue with that saying it is a disabled bay, not a wheelchair bay. This is discriminating against a person who is disabled in another way, is their comment. Ari, would you like to respond to that? Well, I've stated my case. Um, I would be interested to know what, what other disability are they referring to. Certainly not uh, uh, someone who's blind in one eye, uh, nor in two eyes. Uh, Name me the disability and I'll give you the argument in response from a wheelchair user's perspective. So uh, uh, let's hear more. And I'm I'm glad that there is uh, some interesting response. I'm just wanting to hear who it is that feels they have this privilege other than wheelchair users. Well, Vic, for example, asking what about people on crutches, Ari? Well, I just still fail to understand why someone on crutches would need the extra width of um, a 3.5 meter bay. I have yet to witness someone on crutches battling, getting in and out of their vehicle on a normal spaced wheelchair park, a normal spaced parking bay. For me to, to, to feel that it's fair to share the space with crutcher users. And I suppose the other argument, Ari, and you, you, you'd mentioned it mentioned it briefly before the break was that what is going to happen when they get inside the mall if if they're not able to get around on crutches if they you know if they're going to a mall what happens inside the mall they still have to use the crutches for some distance one would imagine this sounds very um insensitive to people on crutches but i think it's an important point 
you know, I can't help feeling that that when people and have a disability and then grow into getting used to and their new lifestyle with a the disability, they look at the basket of privileges. So there's a disability grant and there might be a discount here. Uh, and then all of us said, no, well, now I can use a disabled bank. Not at all. You must look at what type of disability you have and realize that you actually don't need the wheelchair parking bay. Okay, Ari, let's bring in a comment from Neville in Lakeside, who I believe has just been issued with uh, with a disc uh, for his vehicle. Neville, good afternoon. Hi, good afternoon. Thank you for holding for so long. Neville, what experience <laughs> would you like to share with us? Yeah, look, my, my son who's 42, he, besides being cerebral palsy, he also had a dramatic um, fall and he won't be able to walk at least for another 12 months. So I went along to traffic control and they told me there's forms to be filled in. And one of them is from a doctor. He's got to fill in the form to say that this is the, his problem. And on that, he'll be wheelchair-bound for 12 months. That they require. They then go off and they assess it. And they come back and they say, okay, fine. The, they've assessed the form and you are liable for it. They, they charge you 100 rand and they give you a disc for two years. So that now leads us to be able to, we can get to the, to the, to the mall anywhere else. We can have the, the pleasure of opening the doors wider than normal, uh, be able to take the wheelchair in and out, and he's comfortable in the car, there for the half an hour, and we, and we pack him back in, the, in again and we're off. Um, I think it's, it's wonderful. Okay, so Neville, thank you very much uh, for for relaying the experience to us there. Confirmed by Brian, who says uh, talks about that full and comprehensive medical report which is needed. Uh, Brian's comment is, I don't use a wheelchair, but I walk with difficulty due to an accident in 2016. And the criteria to qualify for a disabled motor car badge, as set down by the city, are robust and stringent, including, amongst others, that full and comprehensive medical report. I've complied and I have been given such a badge. So Neville has relayed and Brian has relayed, Ari, that they are obviously being issued in the city of Cape Town, even to, to, well, in Neville's case, to a wheelchair user, in Brian's case, to a non-wheelchair user. Is it something you've engaged the city about? No, I haven't personally engaged the city, but certainly after that, uh, those two uh, cases, one I would have to congratulate the city and the other one would have to uh, sensitize the city that, that it's not legitimate to issue uh, a to someone with a walking disability. I mean, with respect, most old people that are frail and have the privilege of old life, of, of, of old age, and that's an absolute privilege, and it's wonderful to see uh, our elder people circulating. Uh, that doesn't mean that they can all of a sudden qualify, as they qualify for a pension, to use a wheelchair parking bay. They shouldn't. As much as they elderly citizens of our country, they really also shouldn't be using the bay. I'm not saying this person is an elderly person, but if we go into the space of walking disability oh everybody's going to fake a limp everyone's going to fake the swerve and then we've got no chance we might as well just stay at home Okay, Ari, I want to bring in a second speaker at this point to get some views on this because Nikki Abdenor has been on the line listening to everything that's gone before in the last 20 minutes or so and I'm really interested to hear her views on this. Nikki has been on the show before uh, both in her um, capacity as a clinical psychologist and in her capacity as a disability activist. You may remember her story. Uh, she herself was born without arms and drives an adapted vehicle and does uh, in, at sometimes use a wheelchair. She also does a huge amount of 
work helping other people with disabilities to get mobile and leave as uh, live as independent a life as possible. Nikki, thank you very much. You've been listening so patiently. Great to have you join the conversation now. Welcome back. Thanks so much, Pippa. Okay, Ari, uh, good news. I've got a disability for you that (laughs) deserves disabled parking without a wheelchair. Please tell us more. (laughs) I think that this deserves a point about how disabilities are so unique and different to each person's experience. And that's why there's often a bit of grey area. So I need to use a motorized wheelchair when I have longer walking distances. So say, for instance, going to a shopping center, I'm going for a walk on the Seapoint Promenade. um, And then when I need a wheelchair, I actually have to be driven by somebody else because my adapted car doesn't carry a motorized wheelchair. But when I go on my own in my own adapted car, which cannot cater for a wheelchair, Um, I would use it if I'm not needing to walk a long distance. So, for instance, if I go to a restaurant, I might go to a shopping mall and maybe go to a restaurant that's right at the entrance. But it's actually absolutely impossible for me to park in a regular parking bay because my um, specialized adaptions, it's a um, very heavy uh, joystick steering system on my door and my door has to open Absolutely, at the widest. Fully, yeah. And I do have a prosthetic leg. Um, I've got shortened legs. I've got like a number of disabilities, not just not having any arms. And it's actually impossible for me to park in a normal parking bay. In fact, sometimes I've had people park too close to me and I've had to wait two hours for them to come out to move their car so that I can get my car out. Gosh. Um, So I think I'm one of the outliers here. (sighs) Um, (laughs) I believe I do deserve a wheelchair parking bay, even if I'm not in a wheelchair. Nikki, I mean, that description of waiting two hours because somebody has parked thoughtlessly. And and look, in a case like that, maybe they didn't realise or think through uh, the ramifications of how badly they were parking in the other bay. But I know that's not been your only experience. There are a lot of people who just park really, really selfishly, deliberately knowing that what they're doing is wrong and that will park in the disabled bay, for example, when they've got no uh, disability whatsoever. Can you give us a bit of a sense of of the impact on your ability to go about your daily life when that sort of thing happens? Yes, absolutely. Actually, on Mooley Point on Sunday morning, there was a lovely Jaguar SUV in the disabled parking outside Lily's restaurant. So if you're listening... Um, I hope you realize that it took me another 20 minutes to look for another parking where there was no ramp to the pavement. <laughs> so just a side note, um, it impacts hugely on my independence. I'm always thinking about parking. In fact, I think I might even have an obsession about parking because whenever I have an event to go to or something to do, I'm always thinking about what's the parking like, looking on Google Maps. Um, getting there extra early to ensure that I can get the parking. Mm. And there have been occasions when, say, for instance, I'm meeting a friend at a restaurant, someone, a delivery van is parked in the disabled parking. Mm. I've waited 20 minutes. Eventually, I have to phone my friend to say, unfortunately, I won't be able to meet you. Or can we change the venue? So things happen. And uh, I think the problem is that people who think that they're entitled to park illegally in the disabled bays 
um, are very dismissive or ignorant of the needs of people with disabilities. So I want to pick your brain on this, Nikki, because you are a practicing clinical psychologist and the psychology really intrigues me here. You know, you look at somebody deliberately as an able-bodied person choosing to park in a disability parking bay. And, you know, I look at that and my, my mind goes, there is an underlying message there that says, I matter more than the person in a wheelchair. My need, my desire to get e- easy access to the shop is more important than theirs. I mean, do you want to talk to us about the kind of mental gymnastics going on in that brain? <laughs> well, absolutely. Um, my field of uh, expertise is cognitive behavioral therapy and schema therapy. And I think the latter helps to explain it, that there are some people in this world that have an entitlement schema. Um, they often are self-aggrandizing. They believe that they deserve better treatment or demand better treatment, or they might think that they are more important Um, If you think about most transgressors of disabled parkings, and I'm talking about non-disabled people, I would refer to mostly sports cars, large SUVs, and even a police van. Oh, no. (laughs) And um, I believe because they are self-aggrandizing, they don't like to get caught out. And that's why I know Wendy, when we were in discussion about this conversation, she said how horrible people can be when you actually confront them. And I think when they get confronted for the transgression, often the entitlement mindset gets triggered and then it activates a maladaptive coping mode. So instead of them actually, you know, accessing a healthy, rational part of them to admit faults or even apologize and just go on their merry way, they have the strong sense of entitlement and they go on into a full fight mode, Um, like they're bullies or, or even attack you. Um, spit on you. I mean, it's horrible to hear what people have had. But they just can't handle the fact that they've been caught out and are in a vulnerable position. So they want to further just push this entitlement that they've done nothing wrong. That is so beautifully explained, Mm. Nikki. Thank you so much. I once did a, a, a feature um, for a newspaper about people who do just that. And I spent a whole day in a, a popular Durban um, mall in the parking lot approaching people who got out. Obviously, as you say, Nikki, in the in the smarter cars, more expensive cars, obviously mm-hmm. very able-bodied. And I got sworn at. I got um, the middle finger, a dismissive hand doing this. Uh, um, the whole day of it, it was absolute. I took photos and it was... Uh, yeah, a real eye opener. Consistently, there wasn't a single one who's, who um, was not aggressive about it. So that mm-hmm. explains things. Um, um, you know, it's, it's common sense, I suppose. But the way you've put it, um, yes. uh, yeah, I've never heard it explained quite. As professionally as that, so thank you very much yeah. for those insights. Nikki, I'd like to hear your response to this. Pat has just pointed out to us on the WhatsApp line, uh, a venue that seems like it's found a solution to some of the problems that have been raised here today. Pat tells me that the Somerset Mall has parking for pensioners near the entrances in addition to their wheelchair parking bays. Perfect. Is that perhaps the answer, that there need to be the wider, broader, designated wheelchair bays so that the wheelchair users who have real need of that extra width are able to get that? plus some kind of additional facilitation for people with other kinds of mobility challenges like that. Nikki, what do you think of that idea? Yes, I think that's brilliant. And I think most shopping malls do have senior citizen parkings um, and then also parkings for parents with prams. 
which is also very useful. It's also yeah. difficult for parents to get their prams out. I think it will make a huge difference if we could accommodate and maybe have certain bays that are only for wheelchair users, maybe other parking bays for disabled um, drivers or uh, passengers. I mean, the reality is that there's a lot of parking out there and it just needs to be um, universally accessible, the, the centres. I know for myself, I will more likely go to a place if I know that they're disabled parking is more plentiful and yeah. I don't know I don't have to face all those struggles. That's a really interesting point, which uh, one hopes yes. the designers will take on board, that it actually becomes a pull factor um, uh, rather than being a push factor, that it's difficult to get there if you and, make it yeah. easier. And they put it on their yeah. websites. As Nikki says, she is somebody that has to be mindful of parking arrangements. She will Google beforehand. I certainly think that should be in all new malls, and even it's easy to adapt in existing ones. So from your ears, from your, to, from to your lips. ears. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Nikki, thank you. Nikki Abdenor, thank you so much. Lovely to have you with us on the show today. We really appreciate your contribution. Okay, thanks, Pepper and Wendy. Thanks, thanks, Ari. Thanks again to Nikki Abdenor, practicing clinical psychologist and uh, disability activist. Ari, I'm going to come back to you. One more uh, WhatsApp in uh, from uh, your, you were former CEO of the Quad Para Association. The current COO has just mailed us to say that they continue to support your view that the accessible parking bays are intended to be for the exclusive use of wheelchair users and only wheelchair users. Um, what do you make of the suggestion that perhaps there needs to be a third kind of bay introduced to the mix. So a wheelchair bay with the designated space for it, the normal bay for those who really have no need of extra space and perhaps something in between for those who find themselves temporarily on crutches or uh, uh, in need of something a bit closer to, to the venue. What do you make of that suggestion? Wow. Okay. First of all, well done on bringing Nikki into the conversation. She articulated it correctly. And I think that Nikki... Uh, much respect to you, Nikki, as you, uh, with your presence in society. Um, yes, the solution to this problem lies in universal access and universal design. Simple. If every parking bay was the three and a half meters wide, then we wouldn't need signs anywhere and we wouldn't have to designate. And that we hate designation, actually. If integration means just make every bay three and a half meters wide, but of course, developers and investors would, would cry because they would lose all that, they would lose hundreds of parking bays. So the solution is far away. I don't prescribe and I don't support the notion of pensioners. I mean, when are you a pensioner? When you sort of work certain speed or when you walk with a, with, with a different um, ambience? Because there are pensioners that are, are running the marathons and pensioners that do extraordinary things. I mean, they're games for, for the elderly. So what does a car guard or security guard do when he sees someone that looks half his or her age parking in the bay? Do they accost them at their peril, let me tell you? Um, so that's a very difficult situation and all with some prayers. Unfortunately, there's no legislation that supports them. But Nikki was very articulate in putting her disability down. And so shame on you if you've got another disability that matches Nikki and you and it was any less than Nikki's, and you use a wheelchair parking. And that's the constituency that we wheelchair users really want to message out there is, please, enjoy your mobility, however limited it is, if you're not using a wheelchair, but do not use our space. The few pieces of wheelchair parking we do have, it's not necessary to abuse them. Here's the conundrum. How many people abuse loading zones? Very few. 
I've seldom seen the sports bar or anyone abuse a loading zone except for its usage, which is trucks and delivery. Why is it that people are too scared to abuse uh, loading zones but don't think anything about abusing wheelchair park? It says something about their psyche and it says something about their respect for people with disabilities. Ari, we have to leave it there due to time constraints. Thank you so much for joining us and uh, prompting a very interesting conversation. Ari Serlis speaking there as the former CEO of the Quad Para Association of South Africa. Cape Talk. Consumer Talk. Email Wendy on consumer at nola.co.za. We don't have time to do justice to the home affairs story now because we've had such a huge amount of feedback on this parking bay issue. So, Wendy, if we may steal you for five minutes tomorrow, I'm going to call you so that we can do it properly yes. and talk about it properly and at the start of the show tomorrow. That's also a good idea because the, the shining star of the story, um, I haven't been able through the home affairs spokesman to get his name and I really would like to... To recognise To recognise yeah. him, exactly. So let's do that tomorrow. Okay, and hopefully we'll be able to, to name him and give him personal credit as well. Let me just share some of the messages that have come through here and again very um, very divisive topic a lot of people reacting with offence to what Ari was proposing saying I really fully believe that I should be entitled to park in one of those bays others really agreeing so here's an SMS from Anonymous saying hooray to Ari if half of able-bodied people were just half as mentally able <laughs> as him that's the SMS um, here's one for, on the WhatsApp line from a pensioner who says I am a pensioner but I refuse to use the pensioners parking because I am very able to walk. I also dislike the moms and tot spots. In my day, we simply parked and walked. And the tots is a very abused notion. I've seen 12-year-old so-called yeah. tots emerging from that parking with their mom. Another WhatsApp saying kudos to the, those centres who put up orange cones on the disability parking bays. The parking guard needs to remove the cone only once they've checked that the correct disabled sticker is displayed on the vehicle and that they genuinely are allowed to work uh, to, to park there. So that's one way uh, people are sort of putting in place checks and balances. Um, Robert and Claremont's comment is it sounds as if people think of disability parking as a privilege or a benefit when in fact it's a reasonable accommodation for fellow citizens. Uh, Somebody else saying people with Zimmer frames who intend to walk the entire mall but still want to use the wheelchair parking bay really is their comment. Um, Okay, yeah, several people say pointing to, to incidents of temporary disability, an injury that leaves them... Less that, mobile that than before. That would certainly uh, qualify you, as in the mum, uh, the father of uh, of the and young the man who, palsy, yes. who had the fall, and um, I thought it was perfectly handled. He, he's likely to need the wheelchair for a year, and they gave it a permit valid for two years just in case. And I thought that was a perfect response mm. because if, you know whether it's temporary or permanent, if you're using a wheelchair, you need you have the right uh, to use the, the wheelchair bay. Yeah. I think it should be called a wheelchair bay, and that would solve the problem. But I think that's where half the confusion has arisen, yeah. perhaps. Okay. Wendy, thank you. You opened quite the can of worms today, <laughs> but it's a really important can, and I'm glad that we've had uh, the, the, the time to really dig into it uh, in some depth. Thank you very much for setting that up for us today. No problem and we'll chat about the home affairs case uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Look forward to chatting to you. We'll squeeze it in right at the start of the show tomorrow just after one o'clock.